Welcome back to the In the Dugout podcast. My name is Jason Ward, aka Red Sox Dugout, alongside Joey Nagel for our first off-season pod here. Garrett was supposed to be with us. I, I don't know where he is, but we're just gonna get going here. How you doing, Joey? Pretty terrible. Everyone, <laughs> everyone in the media says Bogarts is a hundred percent not coming back. That makes me sad. Um, he should absolutely be coming back. It's a no-brainer. Um, I hate the Red Sox front office. But hopefully ownership is willing to spend money now. We'll see. Yeah, we will see. it. I mean, <laughs> this is the way it's been for a while now for us. Red Sox ownership hates us, and it's just painful. Hopefully, we can finally turn that around and have some things to be excited for. This offseason, we've talked about how important it is and how crucial every single move is for the future of our franchise. But sitting here right now, like you said, with all those reports coming out that Bogarts is leaving, the Red Sox are a mess. Um, I got a Dunks coffee today that tasted like swamp water, so I'm in a bad mood anyways. And the Red Sox are not making it better. Um, so let's let's jump in. Today actually is the first day of full free agency as the qualifying offer deadline was 17 minutes ago. Um, we extended qualifying offers to Bogarts, which he'll decline. And Nathan Navaldi, which we think he'll accept. We'll get into that in a second. But I want to start this off by saying uh, Fenway Sports Group is selling or looking to sell their Liverpool team, um, which we think is a huge deal because it means potentially that they'll focus more on the Red Sox and devote more money to the Sox instead of soccer, which is a stupid sport. Uh, what do we think about this? Yeah, well, they they definitely heard our pod over the summer uh titled sell the team um <laughs> they did they they sold a team and i mean they're i think it's actually really interesting that they're that they're moving away from liverpool they're probably just selling high while they're still good but um, yeah i i said it in our group chat lebron james who's part of the group is gonna make a hundred million dollars on his two percent stake which is wild. I think he wants to buy um, a team that's coming to Las Vegas. I saw something about that. Yeah, so that could be that's part what of they want to do. Seems yeah. good for the Sox at this point, uh, especially the timing going into this offseason, and they're looking to sell Liverpool. I like the looks of that. Yeah. And again, soccer's stupid, so who wants to own a soccer team anyways? But yeah, yeah, well, when John Henry first bought the Red Sox, he was super invested. He was a hands-on owner, and he was throwing money all over the place. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, maybe, maybe that, that love for the team has been sparked. Again. <laughs> I, I really hope so. Like if, if he cares about the team half as much as uncle Stevie cares about the Mets, I mean, we'd be in a pretty good spot. So, I mean, this is a bit, this is a big off season to start it because there's not a ton of huge marquee free agents that fit the Red Sox needs necessarily, but there's a lot of depth guys in the market that would, that would really help this team. And obviously they need a couple starters. They need an entirely new bullpen. Yes. Um, (laughs) Like there, there's a path. There's a path. In terms of talent in this free agent class, there's a huge drop off. You got the guys that are the cream of the crop at top. And then after that, it just kind of snowballs into Hansel Robles. (laughs) Yeah, it's a, type well, it's players, a and of, it's a mix of like decently average players and guys who are on the on the back end of their career. Yeah, it's a weird um, one. Like there are names out there, but they're not exactly names anymore. Like Kimbrel, Kenley, um, Jose just old guys. Yeah. yeah, 
Uh, before we get into some of the free agents out there, I want to focus on what we got cooking back at home first. Uh, recently this week, James Paxton, uh, the Red Sox declined his club option, but he picked up his player option, which means he'll be returning for $4 million this upcoming season. James Paxton um, got a pretty big deal last season, did not pitch for us the whole entire year, made millions of dollars doing nothing, so good for him. But he'll be coming back, and in, I liked the signing when we got him because I think he has potential when he's healthy. He just hasn't been healthy yet. But $4 million, um, as <laughs> as Scott Boras described the deal, sometimes you got to go with the six-pack instead of the champagne. It's kind of what happened here. He took the $4 million instead of more that he could have gotten out there elsewhere. But he'll be coming back to Boston and hopefully will be healthy to pitch in our rotation. I don't really know what to expect from him, but we don't have much else at the moment, so hopefully he can be good. Um, Eric Hosmer is also returning. He picked up his three year, um, three remaining years for, I think, $39 million, but that doesn't matter because the Padres are play- paying most of that. Thanks for that. We're play, paying league minimum for him. Um, he'll probably just be a bench guy at this point. He doesn't really have too much offense to talk about, so he won't really fit into a DH role. Um, and you got Tristan Casas hitting bombs there at first base. So you could see uh, Hosmer be traded too. He has a full no-trade clause, but he probably would waive that for a team that would actually want to like let him play. Yeah, I, I mean... He doesn't have a spot on this team. Everyone's like, oh, my God, this is everyone thinks it's a no brainer. D.H. Hosmer, D.H. Casas. No, no, because they're both really good defenders. And people don't realize that Tristan Casas is a gold glove caliber first baseman. Absolutely. Uh, People need to stop blindly throwing him in the D.H. because he's going to be playing. I would expect if all goes right, he's going to play like 140 games at first base this year. I right, Casas needs to be starting, no doubt about it. Yep. Yeah. Um, so you got those. Rob Ref Snyder is back, which is cool. Just a $1.2 million deal, so he'll be a, a depth guy, platoon guy in the outfield, which is good. He was productive for us last year. Um, was there one other guy that I'm forgetting about? Um, Paxson. Uh, nope. Yeah, so we got the – oh, Tommy Pham is a free agent. Uh, his mutual option was declined by both parties. So that's kind of where we're sitting with that. Xander Bogarts is a full free agent. Plenty of noise going on there. Heim Bloom said that he's trying hard, whatever that means. They're saying that he's their number one priority. However, they were also looking into second baseman in case he leaves, which Heim Bloom said was overblown, um, referring to the report of that. So, I mean, we've been talking about this all year, every episode. To all Red Sox fans care about is signs Xander Bogarts. Uh, so I. I don't even want to talk about that that much because it's just painful and who knows yeah. what's going to happen with that. Yeah, so that's where we're sitting with our uh, team currently. Looking ahead to next year, I kind of, before this episode, wrote out who we have in the rotation, who we have in the lineup and stuff. And Joe and I were talking before the podcast about some options. We need pitching. There's no question about it. Pitching has been a major issue for us the past few <laughs> seasons, especially in the bullpen. Our rotation right now is also not looking great. You have Chris Sale. Who knows what that is? Like Garrett's always said, you can't count on him. Um, But you got Nick Pavetta, who seems pretty sure to be in the rotation. (laughs) Garrett Whitlock is going to be in the rotation. All signs pointing to that. Um, Yeah. yeah. (laughs) 
I'll put it like this. If you're going to put Whitlock in the rotation, you better go get some lights out relievers. Exactly. If you're going to lose that guy in the bullpen, you need to replace him with a guy who's like that guy. Yeah. I mean, with, with, you know, a full season, a full off season to prepare to be a starter again, like Whitlock is probably going to be a pretty good pitcher in the rotation. Just commit to it. I'm not worried about it. Just commit. Please. You got it. That's how you mess up careers. Flip, flop, flip, flop, flip, flop. You can't do it. It it doesn't work. Yeah, it does not. Especially with this offseason. I mean, they're telling him now, so he's probably going to train to get his stamina up. Yeah. And coming back from, I think, hip surgery or whatever he got, which is also significant. So who knows how that's going to go? I mean, I wrote down our basically all the starting pitchers that we have right now. I'm going to include Rich Hill because he's probably going to come back. Yeah. I don't know. I he's I feel like he's either going to. I don't know. That's a weird one. Whatever. I wrote him down. Paxton, you can't count on. Sale can't count on. Valdi's, you know, you'd like to think that he's going to be making 25, 30 starts, but you never know. Uh, Brian, well, if he comes back, let's let's slow down here. I, you know, he's expected to come back. So we'll pencil him in there. Brian Bayo is like your only healthy starting pitcher besides Nick Pavetta. But and I'd I'd say like Bayo is pretty much gonna be in the rotation like that's pretty certain. But you have other guys who could be in the rotation. You don't know like Winkowski maybe, oh. Cutter Crawford maybe. I I don't want to have to rely on these guys. These guys should be depth guys yeah. who we call up when we need spot starts. They should not be counted on as fours or fives or even threes. Like you can't do that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I feel like we could spend a majority of this podcast really focusing on on pitching more specifically the bullpen because when you look at it offensively even without Bogarts the Sox offense is gonna be okay it's not it's not elite it's not top of the top but it's still gonna be an above average offense no matter who you put in there really they just absolutely they need to sign an outfielder who can play defense and produce it a at a solid level, you know, no Jackie Bradley's, but you need someone like Mitch Hanniger, who's done it in the past, who can play defense. Uh, that's pr- I feel like that's probably our top candidate on on offense besides shortstop. Yeah, I mean, looking at our offense, you got Casas, Hosmer, Dahlbeck at first, Story Arroyo at second. Hopefully, Bogarts at short, but uh, if you don't get him, you got to replace him with someone, whether it's Trey Turner, Dansby Swanson, Carlos Correa. Or whoever you go out and get, like I don't like the idea of Story moving to shortstop. You and I both agree that he should stay at second base, so I don't think he should be the the answer to that. Um, but again, hopefully Bogarts comes back. For right now, you got Devers at third base, Verdugo in left, Kike in center. But then you do have that gap out in right field. You don't want Franchi starting. You don't want Duran starting. So you're going to have to go out and get someone. And we I both agree. I think that. Mitch Hanniger is the best option there. Offensive guy, hits homers, decent defense. Um, other options include Andrew Benatendi, but I don't think that's going to happen. I wouldn't hate it. I don't know. I have a conspiracy theory. What's that? <laughs> I mean, well, I've said it before. Verdugo and Benintendi are just about the same player from like a build standpoint. They're yeah. both contact, gap-to-gap hitters, solid defense, whatever. Exactly. And I've heard, 
I've seen that. Um, I think it was Chris Smith who said it a few weeks ago. He said he wouldn't be surprised if the Red Sox give Verdugo a change of scenery. That's interesting to me. He said that Verdugo could use a fresh start, which doesn't really make sense to me. But I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, no, knowing the Red Sox, they could do something stupid and trade their fan favorite player. I mean, you saw them trade Hunter Renfro for Jackie Bradley Jr. No one saw that coming. Yep. Obviously, Verdugo's a different level. The Sox need to do like free agency isn't the only answer this offseason. Oh, you gotta make some trades. They have a lot of expendable assets here, and they're not exactly good. But you have guys that have been on this team and proved that they can't really do it here anymore. Dahlbeck, Duran, you know, you can even throw Winkowski in there. I honestly don't see a situation where Dahlbeck doesn't get traded. I feel like he's almost a lock to be dealt somewhere. Yeah, and like they're going to deal him to like the Reds, and he's going to have a nice season. Bobby just needs a change of scenery at this point. Like, Mm -hmm. I feel bad for him. He's had a really rough go. Um, But, you know, the Sox actually benefited from sending him down and him hitting bombs in AAA. At least you're getting a little bit more value for him. But, like, Duran shouldn't be here opening day, whether it's in AAA or the big leagues. He shouldn't be here. Um, And you just have a lot of – they have a lot of AAA prospects too, AA prospects that are corner infielders. Just log a lot of guys. That, log jam. It, I feel like this offseason, you could really get creative with that. Move someone, yeah. make a splash, fill some other holes. I mean, Haim is supposed to be this genius baseball mind who who fleeces people in trades, like with that Austin Meadows trade for Chris Archer. Like, I, I need to see some of that. Get me some guys in through trades. Because we talked about it, the free agent class isn't anything special past the the big name guys. So you're gonna have to go out there, make some deals with some teams, and right, like you were saying, now is the time. You have so many expendable guys, log jams of prospects. You have am- ammo to like go out there and make some trades, and this team needs that because there's a lot of different holes to fill and guys that you just can't get in free agency to do that. Um, yeah, I mean. We need to see some of these guys traded. Yeah, and like to be optimistic, like the Sox still have pieces here. There is a path out of this. We suck right now. Last year was a dumpster fire, mm-hmm. but there is there is a way to get out of this. They're not they're not in too deep yet. They could be if they if they lose Bogarts, flop this offseason, and don't get a deal done with Devers. But let's not think about that right now. They have. A lot of assets, a pretty decent farm system. I think it's top 10 at this point. And even they just have big league guys that, you know, need changes of scenery, are expendable, and they got some money to spend. Especially if they don't get Bogarts, it would suck, but at least you have a lot more money to spend. And hopefully they would spend it wisely. Yeah, I mean, coming into this podcast episode, I was talking before how I feel optimistic. Um I mean, the Bogart situation is not amazing, but aside from that, like you're saying, we have a lot of assets, and this team is not doomed for the future at this moment. It could be, depending on how this offseason goes. But like you said, there is a path, which leads me to be optimistic because it is possible to get back to contention very quickly. Like If you 
sign Bogarts back. You get an extension done with Devers. You get some pitchers in here. You get a solid bullpen. That's a pretty good-looking team that can be up there competing for a wild-card spot and in the division even. Like, we're not that far out. So I think that with the right moves, we could be a contending team next year, and I think that should be the goal of Heim Bloom and of ownership is to get back to being a competitive team because it's not not unrealistic right now. Yeah, well, I mean, we're getting this hope up again just for them to rip to it crush down, it again. Like, yeah, we'll be crying. I dude, mean, it's gonna be bad. This is Heim's last chance. I think we. I think everyone can agree, even ownership. Yep. I think would agree with you at this point. If he, this is. We said it a few months ago. This is the most important offseason yep. in a long time for the Red Sox. If they screw this up, they could be set back five years. They could be set back until Marcelo Myers in the league for two or three years. Like, this is the one. If Bloom messes this up, I think he, he would get fired before the season even began. Well, yeah, I think, he should be. I think he's nervous, too. I mean, he's talked about how he's trying really hard to get Bogarts back. It, it seems it's a slightly different energy from Heim than I've recognized before, which I think is a good thing, hopefully, because then there's is. that sense of urgency, which is necessary that he hasn't totally shown before. Um, one thing that I want to mention, too, you kind of hinted at it. I think even if we happen to let Bogarts go or he gets a bigger deal somewhere else and doesn't come back, I don't think it's the end of the world. I think we can recover from that because you have Marcelo Mayer coming up to be the shortstop. So if you kind of bridge that gap for the next year or two, however long it takes, and still find a way to re-sign Devers even without his buddy there, I think you'll be okay. I This is a controversial take. I don't know if I even fully believe it, but I don't know if re-signing Bogarts is the best option for the team. It probably is the option they should do but i don't know if it's the best baseball decision because the projected offer that he's going to get has him going to age 37 with the contract and making 28 million a year or whatever at age 37. i don't like deals that do that because they never really seem to be worth it in the end um obviously bogarts is a captain of the team and, a, and a, a leader in the clubhouse which makes it a little different and makes it kind of worth it in that regard but i don't know i don't know like i i don't think that you need to re-sign bogarts or it's the end of the red Sox for the next decade i think that's more rafael devers i think rafael devers is the guy that needs to be here for the next 10 years or whatever um but there is that that problem where if bogarts doesn't come back is rafi going to want to stay and that's what makes it even more complicated with Bogarts. So I guess you really need to gauge Rafael Devers um, and his interest in staying with the team. If he's like, if you don't get Bogarts back, I'm not staying. Then you got to get Bogarts back. But I, I do think the Red Sox can be okay if we lose Bogarts. As a fan, I want Xander Bogarts here for the next seven years without a doubt. Like, I love Xander Bogarts. I have his jersey. He's been one of my favorite players since he came into the league. But I, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, and losing Bogarts, too, it's not just on the field. He, like, he's the captain. It's off the field. Like, there's a chance that you would lose the clubhouse next year before the That's season. That's also an issue, yeah. That's, That's a, a really big, big issue. deal. So, you know, 
I think the Sox could look at it another way where they give him a higher AAV for a shorter amount of time. I don't think that's necessarily what it, he would accept, but mm-hmm. we've seen it before. He took a big hometown discount for the Sox before, and I, I mean, I believe that he wouldn't necessarily take the highest offer out there if the Red Sox cut him a fair deal. As long as it's fair. As long as it's mm-hmm. fair, yeah. And as, I mean, t- I, I forget who was talking about it. I think it was Pat Light um, on Jared Kravis' podcast because he was a Boras guy. Scott Boras just wants to get the player what the player wants. So if the, say the, I don't know, say the Phillies come out there with a giant offer for Bogarts and the Red Sox are up there with a competitive offer, it's not better than the Phillies, but it's fair and competitive, Boras can recommend the Phillies offer, but really at the end of the day, it's up to Xander. And if Xander wants to stay in Boston for $5 million less a year, whatever it turns out to be, then it's up to Bogarts and he can do that. So that is really the key. I don't think that we need to have the best overall offer out there on the market, but it needs to be fair for Bogarts. Yeah, and I just don't... It's hard to believe that the Sox are even going to do it because they lowballed him before the season started. And then Embarrassingly lowballed. Just recently, their offer for Kyle Schwarber was leaked. Their final offer before the lockout and before he ended up going to Philly. It was three years, $39 million. I don't he signed know in Philly they... for four years, $74 million. He got an extra year and almost double what you offered him. It's, it's, it's embarrassing. It's hard to believe when these reports come out that the Red Sox would even think to do that. Like, what is going on in your brain There's that's like, oh, this is a good idea? Why? Yeah, exactly. You offend the player, you give an embarrassing offer that he wouldn't even consider, and then you actually just lose him in free agency too. Like, what? what is the point of even doing that? To say, oh, we tried, we gave him some money, offered him some money, but you barely even did because it was not a competitive offer. You might. It's like in fantasy football when some guy like offers to trade you like james robinson for christian mccaffrey like no i'm not gonna do that yeah it doesn't make any sense like why are you wasting the time to put that offer out there yeah at that point it's so annoying you don't that's not who the red sox used to be i don't it could be who they are now i don't know but it's not who they used to be like you you were up there with the top teams in the league giving the most competitive offers and it's just a joke of what it's kind of become with some of these ridiculous offers and it's got to stop now like you can't keep doing that you got to get some you got to pull up your pants and put some real offers out there on the table yeah speaking of that did we touch on waka not getting the we did not um yeah so michael waka just like evaldi and bogarts was eligible for a qualifying offer and the red sox did not offer waka the 19 million dollar qualifying qualifying offer which i think is a good idea i'm not giving michael waka 19 million dollars for a year um, as good as he was. So you have the possibility now to sign him as a free agent for less money. Um, I don't I don't really know where Michael Walker's value is. It's tough because last year was a really good year for him, but it was kind of out of nowhere. And I, if I had to guess, I'd say he gets somewhere around 10 to 13 million a year. Maybe slightly yeah. more. I would say so because, I mean, last year when he was healthy, he was he was lights out. He was really good. Um, his stats kind of show you that he got a little lucky at times. But, like, we remember this guy in 2013. He was a top prospect 
He came yeah. up as a rookie and shoved throughout the playoffs, carried the Cardinals, and he kind of showed flashes of that again last year. So he's definitely not worth the $19 million with the QO. I'm fine with that um, because if they offered that, he'd accept that in a heartbeat, I think. Oh, for sure, yeah. But I think I think he's someone that, I mean, I think he's 31. The Sox can still – you know, do something with them. They can, I, I'd love two, three years, maybe at like $12 million. That would be great uh, because he just adds a lot of depth. He'd be a really good number three. And I don't know. He, he seemed like a pretty good teammate. He's buddies with Avaldi. He was teaching Bayo some stuff with the changeup. It, he would be an important guy to have stick around. And I think he liked it here. I agree. Um, I don't think that you should break the bank for him. Um, I don't think it's a huge deal if he leaves. I'm a, just I'm a little hesitant because the Red Sox have a history in the past, as everyone knows, of paying for past performances. Um, so I could see them being hesitant to give him a bunch of money after a good season last year because you don't know if he's going to replicate that. And it's probably hard to replicate that because it was one of his better years in his career. Um, again, that no one expected. Well, I, I don't know. I I would welcome him back, but I also wouldn't be devastated if he left. That's kind of where I'm at with that. Mm-hmm. I do want to kind of circle back um, to the greatest problem of all with the Red Sox, the bullpen. Because <laughs> as we were talking, I was kind of looking through the Red Sox roster, and I was looking at the bullpen. And if Whitlock's going to be in the rotation, and if Tanner Houck's going to make some starts too, there is like no one in this bullpen that I actually like or trust. John Schreiber is like the only really one that is good. I mean, it's, it's he's, he's even a little bit of a question mark because da- at the end of last season, they really overworked him. And that's mm-hmm. that was concerning. I think they they should have shut him down last year because we saw the velo tick down. He started giving up runs. Yep. That's concerning. Because if you ruined John Schreiber last year and he goes out next year and just can't pitch. You have no one. <laughs> that's so embarrassing. I, yeah, I mean, look at this bullpen. You got Matt Barnes. No. Ryan Brazier. I, no. Oh, Darwin Hern- Darwin's in Hernandez. No. Caleb Ort. Mm, no. Sorry, no. Alex. Uh, Josh Taylor. Uh. He doesn't exist anymore. And like, that's kind of it. That's literally, there's just no one else left. <laughs> I mean, I think the best way for the Sox to go about this, you clean house in that bullpen, you keep Barnes and you keep Schreiber. And, and just bring in a totally that. new list of people. Yeah, because, you know, I think you can have Barnes and Schreiber as kind of uh, seventh inning guys. Maybe maybe throw them in the eighth every once in a while. But you got to go out, get a closer. You got to go out and get a lights out lefty. You got to go out, maybe even get another eighth inning guy, and then just build a lot of depth. I mean, you need to go crazy with it. We have a lot of targets out here, but like some guys that are made to close, maybe Seth Lugo. I know that the Sox were interested in him. He's never really closed before, but that's just because the Mets never gave him a shot. So maybe he would come here and do that. I I think that would be interesting. 
I think the Red Sox need to do what they did when they got Craig Kimbrell. They're like, all right, we're tired of having closer by committee and whoever. We need a we need a guy out there. We need a dog out there. And they went and got Craig Kimbrell. I think we need that. I don't want to go with some guy that like, oh, maybe he can close. Maybe if he works out, he can close. I need a guy that's like, this guy can close games for us in the ninth inning. That's what I want. I wanted to be Edwin Diaz, but then the Mets gave him a ton of money. So he's off the market. There's no really other guys out there as free agents that are that guy. Um, so maybe you get a guy in a trade potentially. I don't really know who is out there and available. Um, there are some pirates. He's probably yeah. the top closer on the trade market. Yeah. Um, we talked I, about him at the trade deadline last year. Be expensive and not maybe worth it. But you said uh, you referenced when we went out and got Kimbrel because we were tired of closer by okay. committee. <laughs> History repeats itself. Why don't we do it again? Because he won't be that expensive. <laughs> he won't be because he's 35 years old and has been. I mean, he was. he's had some good flashes, but he was also abysmal when he was with the Cubs. Ooh, okay. What about Kenley? Ken, I mean, Kenley's older, I think. He's, I think he's 36. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't hate those options. They're not my favorites, but they're not horrible ideas. If you I, could get them. It's better than what we had last year. I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah, listen, if you got them on a two-year deal for the right price, who says no? That's a Yeah, I mean, as long great. as it's not too expensive, you give them a shot and you don't know. Yeah. You never know. Like there was obviously there's a point in Craig Kimball's career where he was going to be like a Hall of Fame closer. I don't think he's still on that track, I'd say. But he was that guy, and obviously he was that guy for us too in Boston. So maybe, maybe he can kind of do a little throwback and, and get back to that. Kenley Jansen's obviously been one of the best closers in the game his whole career. So maybe um, some other guys that I, I wrote down that I, I would like the Red Sox to look at this off season. Taylor Rogers is one. Um, he is a a lefty. He's a sinker lefty, so not crazy velocity, but. He's been pretty good in his career. I I think he's been a little overlooked too by teams. Um, he where was he last year? The Padres, I think, and the Brewers. He was traded for Hater. That's right. He didn't have an amazing year last year, four seventy six ERA. But he in Minnesota was very good for a while. Two six three ERA in 2018, 261 in twenty nineteen. Kind of fell off a little bit, but he had thirty saves in twenty nineteen for the Twins. So he can he can be pretty good, and again he's a lefty, which is something that we need. Um, I think another good option, not to potentially be the closer, but to be in the bullpen is Nick Anderson, who Heim Bloom is familiar with as a former Tampa Bay Ray. He at one point was one of the the better relievers in the game. He had a two eleven ERA when he was traded to Tampa in twenty nineteen, and a zero five five ERA in twenty twenty with Tampa. Um, has some, has had some injuries and some struggles since then, but I think he's got nasty stuff. I would love to see him in Boston. I think he'll probably uh, get a, a relatively cheap deal as well since he's coming yep. off of injuries and, and bad outings. Um, will Smith is another option, another lefty. Would That would be good. Not who he used to be, but still pretty decent. Matt Strom is out there. Not a closing option, but he's out there. Yeah. Um, there's one guy that you said you'd rather have than Matt Strom. Yeah, that would be Matt Moore. Again, not as a closer, but um, ever since he made the move to the bullpen a couple of years ago, he's actually rejuvenated his career. And somehow he's only 33. Mm -hmm. I feel like Matt Moore is 40, but he had a 195 ERA this year in 60 appearances, 70 innings pitched. So 
there's there's something there. And then another guy that the Sox could probably get for a for a lower cost would be Chad Green. Um, because he's coming off Tommy John. I wouldn't I'm not too worried about that. Uh obviously we're pretty familiar with him with the Yankees. He was their setup man for a bit, even closed some games. Uh he's pretty nasty. He can throw hard, he's got a nasty curveball. And I think that he would be a very good low-cost option for the Sox, someone they should not overlook. If they take a chance on him, maybe a one-year deal with an option, I think they could. that could be the Heim Bloom move, where they go, where they go out and get this guy who's probably going to get overlooked this offseason, let's be real, and they could actually get something out of him. Yeah, you said it. That's the classic Heim Bloom, classic Red Sox move. Get this guy that no one's really thinking about. Give him a shot. Uh, they love guys coming off of Tommy John surgery, so there's an option for you. But, I mean, I think this year it's going to be a mix. It's going to take a mix of getting some guys that you know can be good and getting some take a flyer on a guy for one year and see what he can do. Like I think the bullpen is one of the number one places where that happens, where you can get some guy that – no one's really talking about, maybe hasn't been good in a little bit, used to be good before. You give him a shot, and he, he ends up being one of your better relievers that season. We've seen that with different guys. Um, that's happened all the time around baseball. I mean, Matt Moore is one example. Like People gave him a shot. I, I don't remember which team specifically, um, but they gave him a shot after not really doing a whole lot in his career, and then boom, he has a, a sub-2 ERA. So you, you're going to get a mix of guys like that, and then – but you, you do need some guys that you know can be good too. Like yeah, I don't want can't a whole bullpen, a whole bullpen of Matt Moore's or a whole bullpen of guys that you don't know what you're gonna get. Yeah, and I mean the Astros bullpen, I I love them. I absolutely love the Astros pitching staff. I can't stop talking about them. But that's what they did. They they built around several key guys like Ryan Presley and they, ha- they had guys in the bullpen that they knew would be able to get the job done. And then that allowed them to take these flyers on other guys. And it all ended up hitting, and they have maybe the best bullpen in baseball. But you don't just build a bullpen based off of these, these you know, rolls of the dice, you know, these Heim Bloom signings. You still need a couple bona fide guys out there just to set a precedent, just to kind of elevate everyone else because that's how it works in baseball. If one guy's on, that's going to motivate the next guy to be, to be good. Exactly. Um, and <laughs> speaking of the Astros, it, it kind of worked out for them as they did win the world series. We didn't mention that. Not, not throw with it. I was really liking that Phillies team to sidetrack a little bit. I was really liking that Phillies team. They reminded me a lot of the Red Sox. I mean, obviously they had Kyle Schwarber leading the charge, which was just like last year. Uh, the whole dancing on my own thing that he took from Kevin Ploiecki. Very Red Sox-like. Dave Dombrowski is a GM. I was rooting for him. Um, and I also hate the Astros. But it made me a little happy to see Christian Vasquez get another ring. That was kind of oh yeah, only, I was... only bright spot. <laughs> no, I, I, I've forgiven the Astros. I really have. I was... I enjoyed watching that team. Like, Jordan is my guy. I love that dude. It was great I mean, to see Vasky get a ring. And that that Astros bullpen, dude, that, that entire pitching staff is fun to watch. They're all so nasty. 
Yeah, I mean, I've forgiven the Astros too, but I still just don't like them because they're they've been like one of our rivals in the league, and they just have a lot of players that I just really don't like. I still hate Jose Altuve. I don't like Justin Verlander that much. I don't like Lance McCullers. I oh, really I don't like. Was is it Luis Garcia, the dude who does like the rocking yeah, the baby thing when he pitches? Uh, he I hate he that like guy. barely pitched this postseason. That's why they were so watchable. Framber Valdez, I don't like. It's just yeah, I like Jordan. I like, I, I like I really love. I like Trey Mancini. So good for him too. But yeah, well, I was yeah. also hoping the Phillies would lose because that would be such a bad look for the Sox that their former GM, who they did <laughs> kind of dirty, like we tossed him out the door pretty quick. And then they also go out, get Schwarber. They win the World Series. Then they steal Bogarts from us. I'd probably jump yeah. off the monster like Ted. Yeah. I, yeah. yeah. I don't know. I, the, the whole kind of the playoffs was not really a great situation for us. No, the Red Sox had, kept taking L's. Yeah, you had the Red Sox. I mean, you had the Yankees versus the Astros. The, so that's a lose-lose right there. No, that was awesome. Sox fans. Um, I mean, I'm glad that the Yankees didn't make it far. That was great. <laughs> yeah, it was great to see them get embarrassed. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that was a quick sidetrack there. Back to the Sox to kind of wrap up this whole thing. Uh, we didn't really mention a whole lot of free agent starters. I want to get into that real quick. Um, one guy that the Red Sox have been linked to as of like yesterday, I think, or today. Tyler Anderson, who just had a good year for the Dodgers. I think he's like 33. I want to say so he's not like a, a what they call it, spring chicken. Is that what old people say? Yeah. I think it's the second Dodgers time that's just come gave up him here. a qualifying offer too, which is interesting. Oh really? So he might yeah. take that. He's probably uh, he, gonna take that. He's um he's a lefty who was fifteen and five last year, with a two fifty seven ERA. So I'll I'll take that any day. Um, some other names out there. Mike Clevenger is a potential option. Uh, I don't really love him, but whatever. He's decent at baseball sometimes. Taiwan Walker is an option. He's a Borass guy. Sean Manaya, who no hit the Red Sox that one time. I I don't want <laughs> I don't want him. Yeah. Noah Syndergaard. Don't want him either. <laughs> and that's kind of what you're looking at there with the free agent class of starters. There's a lot of guys who you don't really want per se. Um obviously at the top of the the free agent class for starters is Carlos Rodon. Um, Cy Young candidate guy with the White Sox was crazy good, good with the um <coughs> Giants, strikes out a lot of guys. He is the top guy, top name in the market. So, if you want to back up the truck and give him 20 30 million, I mean, that'd be cool. But as we were talking about before the episode, we have a history of overpaying for lefties. Like, this kind of reminds me of the David Price move where we we're like overreacting, we need a starter, let's get. David Price, and then you saw how that happened. I mean, obviously, uh, I still kind of like David Price, and he was good in yeah. the World Series and all. But I think everyone can agree he was not worth the money that we gave him. And the other guy at the top, Chris Bassett from the Mets, who will likely go back to the Mets and also make twenty to thirty million—not thirty million, but like mid twenties, I'd say. Um, he's a good pitcher too, if we want to go out and do that. But that's kind of what you're looking at there for starters. Yep. I feel like you gotta I feel like you gotta trade for a starter. You can you can put together a package that would get you a good arm, an all-star mm-hmm. caliber arm. You you definitely have the guys. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's that's a necessity too, because rotation is not looking amazing right now. <laughs> hey, what are, we should go all in. Sandy. Let's get Sandy. 
I would be for that. I don't know if the Marlins would trade him, but I don't he's, know. He's a, well, he's a cool guy. The, the pitcher that the Marlins are willing to trade is Pablo Lopez. That would be an interesting one. He's a pretty good guy. He's not decent, an ace, decent. but he's a he's a two. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know. Like there, there are plenty of really good pitchers on really bad teams. So you got that going for you. Yeah. And I, I'd, I'd like to say that there are probably more good starters out there on the trade market than there are good relievers out there on the trade market. Yeah. So. It's always risky to trade for a reliever that's not a closer because you could very well end up overpaying. Mm-hmm. Un- like, unless it's a closer, it's worth the price. I feel like the Red Sox also have a pretty bad track record with trading for relievers. Um, I just kind of think Ford. about it. Travis Shaw Tyler Thornton. Thornburg. Thorn, yeah. Thornburg, whatever. Yeah. We care. See, he's so insignificant, we can't even get his name right. Um, I still will never forget uh, Addison Reed, too. Oh. <laughs> Pat Light for Fernando Abad. <laughs> yeah, it's just it just never <laughs> seems to work out for us in that regard. No. I don't know. I don't know. So, yeah, that's that's where we're sitting right now. But there is a path. There is a path. And I hope that they find it and take it and we'll be happy later on. I just want a competitive team to watch. Yeah. I'm tired of having to next episode. Yeah, I'm tired to I'm tired of having to listen to all these non Red Sox fans around me being like, Oh, what happened with the Red Sox? Oh, what's going on with the Red Sox? You're gonna lose Bogart. Yeah. Yeah. One guy that we didn't mention at all that I really don't want to spend a lot of time talking about because uh Aaron Judge is technically a free agent. People have talked about the whole Aaron Judge to Boston thing. I I don't see any scenario where that really happens. That would be oh, not a chance. very shocking. And also, I for the amount of money that he's going to get and for how long he wants to be paid that amount of money, I it's crazy, but it's probably not worth it given his injury history. And he's also 30. He'll be 31 next year. He probably wants eight, nine years at $35 million even 40 a year, it's not worth it because that's that would be the if we did that, it'd be probably really fun for a couple of years, and then that would turn into the next stupid Red Sox contract. Yeah. I mean, look, I mean, obviously he just had a crazy season, hit over 60 homers, but he is 30 years old, and that was only really one of two he's had and he has injury history and he did <laughs> strike out seven times and get booed by the Yankees faithful out there I I don't know I'm not I don't want to give judge whatever he's gonna make it's gonna be stupid high it's not gonna work out and it's just not not a good idea if you want to go to a Red Sox game next year or you want to go to some Celtics games, they're looking pretty good. Bruins are awesome, top of the league. Patriots are uh, doing stuff. Their defense is decent. Then you got to look at SeatGeek because SeatGeek is the best ticket provider out there for all sports, concerts, shows, and more. And they make buying tickets easy by grading every ticket price so you know you're getting the best deal. And my favorite feature is they provide a view from your seat so you can pick the perfect seats to any event. You can get $20 off your first purchase with SeatGeek by using the promo code DUGOUT. D-U-G-O-U-T. Get out there. Go to a game. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, shoot Ryan Brazier into the sun. Yeah. Go out. 
maybe trade for Otani, trade Brazier and yeah, let's just get Otani. Let's do a package deal. Get Otani and Trout. Why not? Yeah, you get Dahlbeck, Duran, and and Brazier, and we get Otani. Sounds like a fair deal to me. All right. Well, that'll do it uh, for this episode. Our next episode will be uh, later, and we'll talk more off-season stuff. Hopefully, we got some fun things to talk about. We'll see you then. Thanks for listening. Bye.